The next train to Tangent City departs in one minute. This is an unlimited service that may stop at reviews, spoilers, and swearing. Passengers traveling with young or conservative travel companions are reminded to read the show description before embarking on any journey to Tangent City. We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture and pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. G'day and welcome to Tangent City. This is weird. It's weird introducing <laughs> Tangent City. Because gen- generally speaking, we just uh, start talking and it's usually Kat and myself and Cecilia and Rachel and we just start talking and eventually we introduce the show and say what we're talking about. But this show is a bit different because uh, Loki on Disney Plus has just finished its uh, sixth episode. Uh, lots to talk about and, uh, and we thought we'd do a spoiler cast instead. But we didn't want to do it by ourselves. So we've enlisted uh, some of our fellow EA Avengers uh, from over in the United States, Sam and Ashley, to have a chat to us about it as well. So before I introduce them, though, uh, I will introduce Kat, who's sitting opposite me as well. How are you going, Kat? You're very kind. Thank you. Um, pleasure to be here. <laughs> very strange to be not just rambling on about some random topic. And we're drinking tea, which um, Tangent City is generally, we usually have some sort of alcoholic beverage because we usually record in the afternoon. Um, but I'm I'm quite digging this whole like tea in the winter thing. So well done. Yeah. I was when when you said you know, pleasure to be here and stuff like that. I just had flashbacks to uh, this week. Uh, they did a Deadpool reaction trailer, a trailer reaction video with Deadpool and Korg uh, watching the Free Guy trailer, and Deadpool introduces Korg and he says. Pleasure to be here. Made of rocks. <laughs> oh, have, you, have you got uh, Sam and Ash? Uh, uh, welcome to Tangent City. It's your first time. Are you enjoying yourself so far? So far, it's been amazing. Thank you. It's been uh, wonderful. Now, for people who don't know uh, Sam and Ash, give us a rundown because you guys are like you know, uh, people who've got a massive history in podcasting. So uh, just give us a, a rundown of the shows that you've been involved in. Sam, I'll let you talk. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. Uh, we started off with our show, mm-hmm. WDW Happy Place, when it was just a Disney-only show. And we did that for several years. and then About 400 episodes. Yeah. And then somewhere in the middle of all that, I, I got stupid, went out for a run because we were doing a lot of run Disney events. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, we don't have enough on our plate. Let's add another podcast. <laughs> and so we ended up creating Avengers, And it kind of evolved over the time with different uh, kind of a versions, just like the just like the Avengers right. evolved and had different versions. You know, we had like there was a you know East Coast version, West Coast. Then eventually we had a seriously like a global version right. where we covered all four corners of the of the globe. And of course, that's where Cat and Cat and Lou come in because you know we we had we had England with Michelle, and yeah. then we had the West Coast, and then when the West Coast split, we had a neat little bit of an East Coast West Coast yeah. vibe in Australia, and then of course we've morphed our show into real life where we don't really talk as much disney we do occasionally mention disney talk yeah, about it it's, still, it's still a thing in our life but we've had a, a quite a lot happening and you know we're one of those so we're just an, a very normal couple who has to pay their bills like everybody else and has to save their pennies to do anything especially go to disney and so we thought uh, and people tune in we don't we don't understand why but they do and we're grateful and people tune in and listen to our real life with sam and ashley and we're always grateful for that and we talk about everything it's kind of a no holds bar and we find out pretty quickly who's going to stick around and who's not, depending on which time <laughs> we bridge for the week. So. 
Well, I mean, we haven't had much of a chance to catch up with you guys. And so that has been a really cool way of like me keeping in touch with what you guys are up to. So it's, it's kind of, it's a really good show. It's very personal. Yes, you could. De- I think that's a very good way to describe mm-hmm. it. And so it's not for everybody, but anybody who wants to join along and, and even say, oh my gosh, I know what you guys have been through or what's going on. So we always appreciate hearing from people and getting feedback and all that good stuff. And thank you guys again for having us on because it has been way too long since we've talked to you. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but Tangent City is, is a bit of a realm where we thought, well, we've both watched Loki or both um, couples on opposite sides <laughs> of the world, like literally with 12 hours time difference at the moment which is just Mm -hmm. crazy so opposite sides of the world we've all watched uh loki and we're all up to date and we thought we just need to get it all out just let let's roll with the spoilers so i'm I'm gonna start now and just ring the spoiler bell and if if you haven't watched it yet please switch off finish watching loki why have you not watched it yet and then you can tune back in so spoiler bell is being rung Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. I, I do. I do like um, that Loki has got his own TV show and that he's been embraced so so much in the the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, because he he's such a pivotal character in in Marvel in the history of Marvel. Uh, because without Loki, there would be no Avengers. Mm. Which is like, cause in, obviously that was in the, uh, the, um, Avengers film. Loki was uh, the, the pivotal character in there because he was after the Tesseract and he, he wanted to like take over the world and everything like that. But I think a lot of people might not realize in the Avengers comics, uh, Loki was pivotal as well because he brought the Avengers together and he actually enchanted the Hulk. And like oh. set the Hulk off, uh, which is it's interesting because in the the movie he like you know, took over Hawkeye and made Hawkeye a bad guy, but in the mm-hmm. comics it was the Incredible Hulk. And so Iron Man, Ant Man, Thor, and the Wasp got together to kind of try to stop the Hulk. Um, and and during that time as well, they uh, rediscovered Captain America floating in a block of ice. So it was, uh, it was really like, you know, I mean, you didn't discover Captain America floating a block of ice like they did in the, uh, in the comics, but all the stuff that happened in the movies was kind of similar to, to what happened in the comics. Although there was a dude that looked like he had a plant for a head that used a gun to turn people into stone. Oh my goodness. You've lost me. <laughs> he did, he did like the, um, Cat, they, the Avengers discovered Captain America, and then Cap was like passed out, uh, in, in the, um, in the, the, the ship thing. And then he came out and set, saw these statues of the Avengers, and he's like, wow, that's, that's really quick that they've erected these statues. And, uh, and he didn't realize it was actually the Avengers turned to stone because this guy had, uh, taken a photograph of them and turned them into stones. That that's some interesting background. Can we can we talk about Loki? Well, I thought we'd have to go through the whole history before we get up to the TV show. No, 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 no. Uh, so we're not going to talk about the time that he was a woman in the comics or the time that he was turned into a child in the comics. No. So can I can I ask questions about that since we have you? Yeah. Because my thing, and I, I don't, I'm totally tell me to be quiet if I'm totally out of line here. But that's Lewis is actually helping me because I've never read any of the comics, so I'm going based. All of my experience with Marvel has been what's been presented to me cinematically, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
going back to the episodes of Loki we've just watched and seeing, is it uh, so? Is it right to believe that that uh, Sylvie mm-hmm. is Loki? She is Loki, right? But a different on a different timeline. Timeline, yes. right? Yes. Okay, so that is right She's to think that. She's in a different multiverse. Okay. She's in a different universe. And then, but we're also talking about the other characters who are introduced towards the second to, or third to last episode, like the alligator. The other variants. The other variants. Yes. That's, those are also Lokis, right? Yes. Yeah. So is that comic? Is that true to the comics? Yeah. Well, is there an alligator, Lewis? Is there is there an Asgard that's like Alligard or, or Swamp Guard? I need to know. Well, the alligator, I think... I think the alligator could just be uh, them going. What would be funny to have a a, a weird kind of Loki? Because got a Thor frog. So what would be funny having a, a Loki? And I guess an alligator made sense. So um, I can't recall in the comics if there was ever a alligator Loki. Uh, mm. I do. The, I do distinctly remember that the uh, the president Loki. There was uh, in in one comic thing he did run ran for president. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think an alligator. I, I think the uh, the alligator was just something they thought that would be funny. Um, but yeah, the the whole thing about Ma- the Marvel universe and also the DC universe as well is that you've got um, different. Uh, well, you've got a multiverse basically. So uh, on top of as I I think I explained it in the, the sixth episode, like on top of our universe or the six one six universe, you've got other universes as well, which are the same but just a little bit different. So that's how you end up with the the variations of the the different characters. Uh, but to to date in the Marvel universe, you've only really dealt with that one timeline, um, and that's kind of why in the the six episode. The six episode starts off with the all those familiar phrases uh, that you'd heard from movies in the past, and right. then they just got a massive hammer and smashed the hell out of it because because <laughs> now and I think it makes sense to start from the end with Loki really they they're basically saying that like that one nice streamlined timeline has gone away and now you've got all these branch timelines with different variants that's going to be moving the marvel cinematic universe forward from now on so i think also in the uh i think it helps with what if coming up as well because what if is going to show you some of those branch timelines uh, in that uh, animated series that's coming out on the 11th of august and the branch timelines were caused by the blow-up event that Sylvie caused? I don't think so. Or that, did they ever go back to that? They never like really... the effect? No. No, they never... Do, uh, do you guys recall in episode two, uh, mm-hmm. Sylvie had those those bomb things which erase... Um, uh, which reset time time stream. Yes. That wipe out anything that's been altered. Yes, mm. yeah. And yeah. they... She set them up and then she, like, sent them to different places and they exploded, but they never actually referred back to it. Mm. That's one of the. the so, so we're thinking that's going to set us up for something else in the season two, potentially, or it might be one of those things like they had with Falcon and the um, Winter Soldier, where oh. there were things that were there but had been altered because of the current environment. So um, the there was actually supposed to be a vaccine involved in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, you know that scene where they're picking up all the um, they're fighting in the trucks. That's supposed to be vaccines. So they had to re refocus those episodes away from that, but there's still some little hints of dialogue 
um, that point towards that, but it never goes anywhere. So I wonder whether it's another one of those moments. I don't know. I think they just uh, they they thought it would be good um, to to visually see that, but it just didn't didn't pay off anywhere. Mm. And I don't think it is going to pay off anywhere because I think the real payoff is um, in the end in the last episode uh, where um, Kang gets killed and that sets off the the, the, the branch timelines and the, the multiverse. Did you guys know, have any idea who that guy was in that last episode? No. Um, I, the, I, I, you I, read spoilers. I, I read some spoilers. So, so two things. One, I knew he was supposed to be one of the one of the big villains coming up, but it was there was I read different things that p- pointed at different ones potentially, and the only reason I knew who it was is because I'd read one that he he gives away a clue because he specifically mentions that he conquered. Mm-hmm. He used the word conquer, mm-hmm. which I guess he did. I'm like, God, I don't recall that. And I and I'm like, oh, okay, that that that. Nah, I get it, but I but I wasn't sure which villain he was going to be. I knew he was going to be a big one of the the next big. I don't know what do you want to call him, big. You know, one of the the big heavies. You know, he's one of the bosses in terms of he's a more than just some villain. Is he a Thanos? He's yeah, in that same kind of realm. Do you know what? Like, he actually felt to me very much like ego. So if we go to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. And you got Peter Quill's actual dad. Yeah. And especially with the way that he was describing everything through those little animations, it oh, felt yeah. like that. It really felt yeah. very similar to that. And I don't know whether it was just like that that was just a visual style that would make things easier for people to take in a lot of information in a short span of time. But I was like going, this guy's just like ego. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so, a really great and, call and, out. Let me just say this to, your, to, to that because that is a great call out. This is my only, my one uh, concern issue with the issue. whole series. Mm. I thought Sylvie, the, the 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 character, she was fantastic. Like her chemistry with Tom Hiddleston was fantastic. Like mm-hmm. on screen, like it was great. Mm-hmm. And when they were together, there was an element that you know was really. I, I mean, I liked. And I thought Owen Wilson was terrific and funny and great relief in there. But when this the the guy the actor playing Kang and I honestly I'm gonna go I don't know his I don't know, know him I've is. never seen him before until this he didn't do anything for me like he like we're at least where Kurt Russell I look at him and I'm like he has a presence being mm. there so I don't where, know anything like, to about be the, to be this right. person who's supposed to be one of these you've you've helped bring together the the all the timelines you have con- you've caught con- you're the variant that has kept all your other variants in check he just didn't do anything for me on screen as like like as a as a character or as an actor I compared think, to the other two on the same in the same time i don't know what this gentleman's background as the actor is but i will tell you it felt very shakespearean oh, and yeah. that it, it, you know how shakespeare is it, there's a ton of meat there yeah. And so, and you're being fed bites of it. Yeah. And you're trying to keep up with the bites and you're like, okay, okay. And you're following, you're following. And then I think there was probably a bit in there where you're like, okay, what exactly is he saying? Cause of the delivery. I think that's what it yeah. felt. It felt very Shakespearean to me in that, in that regard. So I think that's probably what you're talking about is the delivery from Kurt Russell is going to be much more, um, Peter Coyle's character is very kind of like matter of fact, very, um, I mean, very Americanized, if you will. This was very, this felt very Shakespearean. But, it, but a little but, bit British. But, 
but yes, but, but it was is he British? I don't that, know. But that's the thing. If he was, he didn't bring an accent. Whereas I could have actually at least then been like, oh, okay, this at least feels a little bit more when you got those other two up there, and it just didn't like. I'm thinking I'm like trying to think of all the other actors that like I would I, like it just when you compare them on the set. You don't think he rose to the occasion? He, he I get what you're saying, but I don't feel like I felt like this is uh, like an ultimate villain in front of these two versions of Loki. Don't, I, okay. think, I think I think uh, I think what um, Jonathan Majors, uh, the actor, he also was in uh, Lovecraft Lovecraft Country, and okay. uh, not surprisingly, he's going to be in Ant Man and Wasp: Quantumania. Got a feeling yes. he might be turning so, up in a few more um, so Marvel this was, features as like, well. Do you think that it was just supposed to be that this is a jarring new character, and we're not necessarily supposed to like? grasp onto him as anything because that was just the brief introduction well the thing is is that they uh introduced uh this this character uh but it wasn't he wasn't called um he wasn't called kang uh he wasn't called amortis he wasn't called ramatut he who remains he was called he who remains uh. and mm. he he was there his role was there to explain why the TVA existed, why you had the one sacred timeline and what the uh, the result is if you take him out, uh, then the other timeline is going to diverge and you're going to get the variations of him and a lot of them right. are evil. Right, right. Yes. So, so some of the variations you're going to see Immortus, Ramatut, you're going to see uh, maybe Iron Kid as well. Uh, these are all variations of his character. And then you've got Kang the Conqueror. And Kang the Conqueror, his whole thing is to conquer. So, uh, right. So I think what they're doing is they're putting forward this uh, He Who Remains as a blank canvas because you're going to see a lot of painting over the top of that character in the variants mm-hmm. that you see of him coming forward. It's a good way to look at it. No, so I almost, when you said that, Lewis, I kind of, so you know how when you have a cell, like a, an animation cell that has no color that's been added, mm-hmm. you, when you said that, I immediately thought about an animation cell that hasn't had any paint. So as you layer, layer upon layer and you add the colors and you add the other layers of the cells, that gives you those layers you can pull back of the character that you're, they're building upon. So I think we got that clear cell. And we got, and that's why I think you think, Sam, I think that's why you think, oh, it was just, it was okay. Mm. Because I think they're laying a very, a very ambiguous foundation for what's to come. And I think you just got to give it some time. Yeah. I think, I think as well, um, all of us were going into that because we had uh, WandaVision, which had nine episodes and it had mm-hmm. a beginning, a middle and an end. Mm-hmm. And we, we know right. that there's going to be more happening after that that end but we got into that story of what was going on with falcon and the winter soldier we had six episodes a beginning a middle and an end again we know it's going to continue on but that story ended whereas with this here we thought going in we were going to get the beginning the middle and the end of that story but we didn't get that we got to be continued yes and and i think that's where everyone goes i'm happy with it to be continued as long as it's continued next wednesday you know um i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna ask this to lewis because i'm i'm gonna assume that you're you're so you clearly are versed in the comics is there a is there is there something that's the a thread and i'm just using this because agatha harkness had a lot of purple and black Mm, mm. Kang the conqueror had this purple and black thing going on Mm. like the cape and everything like there was a one one of the articles i read was funny they said it you know his outfit and his cape 
makes uh, Doctor Strange look like a Home Depot worker. <laughs> And it's just that, but he's wearing this black and purple thing. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's really weird. Cause Agatha Harkness had that same black and purple vibe going. Is that something that's tied together in any way, shape or form? Or is it just a weird coincidence? And then, um, oh gosh, what, what is, uh, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, mm. uh, uh, the, Valerie. the, she's got that purple streak in her hair. Is there something about that that ties these characters all together? No. <laughs> it would have been cool, though, a, if he, like, just ripped off his face at the end yeah. so Kang rips off his face and it was Agatha after all. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, it was uh, – I think it's just, uh, yeah, the, the colours purple and black and, and that it's just, just looked cool. It's just a thing. Yeah, it's okay. just, just a thing. But Damn, the, I know. Um, you try, babe. In, well, it just – why would you go through all that? Why not give them some variation if you don't have some real purpose for it? Well, well, maybe the, there is. I maybe they're laying something down. Yeah, I think they're just going with the comics because Kang uh, always his color palette was always the the, the purple kind of color. Um, mm-hmm. Agatha Harkness in the comics is a very interesting character because in um, the MCU she is um, Catherine Hahn and is a hot you know hot woman really whereas in the comics she's an old woman a very old (sighs) woman um so a very different version of the of the character in the in the comics versus what what you're seeing on screen um but yeah it's a there's no real uh connection there unless of course you know they 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 um decide to team up at some point in time but uh yeah i think that or they have a that or they have a thing for the late artist prince maybe possibly yes (laughs) yes very true very true somebody (laughs) Um, was a huge fan yeah can, well, while we're talking about styling, the thing that I found really interesting was the costume that they put Loki in towards the end. The mm-hmm. you know that you had the holster mm. and the shirt and pants, um, very agent looking. And one yes. of the things that um, uh, that was sort of put out there um, probably after. The, his first experiences with the MCU, um, he did a show called The Night Manager, which was very, very um, sort of Bond-esque. And there was a – so there was a bit of a thing that maybe he might be the next James Bond. Mm. And when you see him in this particular costume, you think, wow, that might be possible because wasn't there a thing with Daniel Craig? He starred in a show – it was like a little – mini series that he was in and it was set in i think russia and it was like it was called angel cross or something like that um i can't remember what it was called and that was the show where the broccolis went wow this guy is the next bond and i'm sure that there was some rumors about after the night manager that that was tom hiddleston's sort of moment that he should be the next bond and there was just something about the way that um that he and oh goodness, I can't remember the what's the actor's name who plays. Uh, plays you gotta give me gotta give me more going there. There's lots sorry, of actors. I'm like, <laughs> I I understand. I get you. I got you. No, girl. sorry. So you've got like you two Lokis that are hanging out on screen, looking very much looking like Bond and like a very like you know the more modern kind of Bond girls that are more active and you know sort of like your Vespa Lins mm. and those sorts of characters mm-hmm. that aren't the sort of like damsels in distress. They're actually able to kick ass themselves. Right. So yeah. So it just it had that feel to it and that very agenty feel. So I just thought I that think was that's interesting. spot on. Do you know very I mean, spot on? One of the things I love about Tom Hilston is I think he's got the best smile out of any actor. 
Like when yeah. when he, he he says something and he does that really broad smile, it's kind of man. I wish I could smile like that. That's amazing. It's just a, it's just a, such a, a, a fan. Like he's a villain, but he's a villain you just embrace. So I think okay, I'm glad you brought that up because two things. I, I'm I saw an article where he talked about where he a lot of actors at this point, you know, in the career, especially with one that's had this long like the longevity in the MCU universe. Um, they a lot of times they're trying to break away from it so they don't get typecast and so people don't can't look at them as another character and go and get past like the Loki part. But he's openly said, "Look, I'll play this character forever." I think he he recognizes the value not just in the you know the coin because the, the man's gonna make bank no matter what with mm-hmm. this character. But he's he genuinely seems to enjoy playing the character, which is. I really think helps because a lot of times I, again, I think you get actors and actresses who are like, well, I, I gotta, you know, I gotta start kind of separating myself from this character because I'm identified too much with it. And I've got to, I've got to deepen my, and I think, I think you literally, he's a type of character or the type of actor that he's so good that if you put him in front of the camera as bond, I'm, we're not going to see Loki, not even a little bit. Mm. I think that's how good he is. And on top of that, and I don't know if you guys even wanted to go here with the conversation or not, but I I think that there's a lot to unpack when it comes to Loki and his and the and the realizations in the first probably three definitely two episodes maybe the third episode as well, especially in the first where he is coming to the realization of uh, when Morpheus is showing is it Morpheus am I saying that right mm. What's Mobius it? Mobius. Uh, when I'm make Morpheus from uh, the other the other uh, movies, but um, when Morpheus is showing him all the crappy things that he did, so so look, I, I and we won't talk about this here, but I have a completely different take on that kind of stuff. But I think it's interesting that we got to see with that smile because we we love that smile as much as we like we know how bad Loki has been when we saw his life in review, so to speak. And we saw, man, he really was a jerk. Like, Oh my gosh, he really was a bad guy. Cause I think that smile helps us forget just how bad he was. And when he sees that he contributed to the demise of his mother, who he truly loved hmm. and that ultimately he dies at the hands of Thanos, there was a real powerful moment with that character and that scene that I think you, everybody should go back and watch at least two or three times that, that one episode, because from a what as a fan who does not know the comics, watching this character just through the movies and watching that moment happen, there was, there's a acting, you know, thing you can take away from it. There's, but there's also a lot of um, personal, like, I don't know. I have a lot more to say about that, but I just think that's very interesting. Go back and watch the episode again to watch the transformation on his face. Yes. Cause I, I hope that. Yeah. Makes no, sense. I got that completely because I was just like, I, I, we generally don't talk when we watch TV because we just want to, <laughs> yeah. especially when it's Marvel stuff, we just want to absorb. So we don't usually yes. talk, but I was just like, there was a moment where he's walking down a hall and you just see his, his, mm. the, him processing. And yep. there's absolutely, there's just no verbal, nothing said at all. You just, you're just watching this, this journey, this internal journey that he's taking. And I totally get that. But you, you said that you've got more on that, Ashley. So what, what's your other thoughts? Well, I just, so I look at, I'm always looking for, and y'all know how I roll. So I'm always looking for, like spiritual meanings personally, like how it can be interpreted. So everybody mm. interprets things differently. So I look at that moment 
um, that everybody will, will go through at some point in their life where they're going to have this review of their life. They're going to, they're going to do, they're going to take an inventory. And I, I kind of looked at it and said, you know, am I going to be a Loki or am I going to be a Thor? Like where I can go back and take that inventory or, or pick one of your MCU characters. But like we're personally, I, I, I translate that to a, like a personal meaning in my life going, you know, we're all going to be up for it one day. So can I genuinely look back at my life and go, if this is how it's going to end, man, because think about, think about having the knowledge because remember, because of how this timeline jumps, having the knowledge of how it ends, mm. like that would that would rock your world, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be so, some. It'd be a burden to carry with you, like knowing how it's going to end. That you know, Thanos right, is just going to. Would it be a burden? But would it be a burden mm. in one breath? Because I'm with you. So I, I'm that girl who sits there taking notes on her phone, like boop, 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 like I'm having this weird thought about this right now. Let me put notes on my phone. I literally have a note on my phone that says Loki. Like, <laughs> all the things that pop into my head. I should screenshot I my phone. I've literally got the same. <laughs> See? So you just, because if you don't write it down when you're watching it, you'll totally forget it. But yes. these are things that you're going, wow, wait a second. This is this is art imitating life to some degree. And mm. am I supposed to take deeper meaning away from this? I know this is a TV show, but sometimes shows can be used as vehicles to present something to us that we never anticipated. That's why I love getting instead of these two hour movies, we get shows like this mm. that we can go back and watch and break them down. I like the bites we're getting versus now sit here and focus for two hours. Yeah. I I like the, the, the fact as well uh, that, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you saw um, over the course of um, Thor, the original Thor film, to uh, Infinity War, you saw the arc of Loki going from being the villain to kind of being a bit redeemed. But then, yes, uh, this Loki, you get taken at he gets taken at his most like villainous point mm-hmm. at the end of Avengers. So the Loki that you're getting in the series. Is, he has to basically go through that transformation again. Exactly, yeah. He's huh. got it, but in a different different kind of way. Yeah, um, exactly. And in a much shorter period of time as well. It's yeah. a very very condensed time frame. Uh, so it's it was interesting that the way they they managed to do that. Uh, you know that first episode where he's like you know the bad guy and he's wanting to take over everything and realizes that the TBA might be the most ultimate power in the universe. Um, he realizes that the Infinity Stones are basically just rocks and and meaningless. Um, and uh, it was just uh, it was really good. And you needed a good character for him to play off as well in that mm-hmm. that first episode. And having Owen Wilson as Mobius was perfect casting. Mm. Like you know he is just the, he was the the perfect person for that particular role. I was not on board with it when I saw it with him in the beginning. When I saw the first trailer, I was like, oh, no. Because, of course, exactly back to my point about how Tom Hiddleston's going to be able to play any other character and mm-hmm. you, don't be, you won't see Loki. Oh, yeah. Because Owen Wilson, you're like, oh, it's a wedding crasher. I don't want the wedding crasher in my <laughs> Loki show. I don't want this. No. But to Owen's credit, he did a excellent job and so i i will uh, and, and i will say that is that, for that so, one. so here's the funny thing about it you 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 got like my favorite thing about the watching it with you was you 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 had a quick prediction early on about mobius which you didn't get right but I the didn't. one you got you like you called well before they ever entered into the room you were like this is going to be a don't look at me don't look at the man behind the curtain this is going to be a wizard of oz situation mm-hmm. when they when, did, when, yeah. when, when the with the ah. time the 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 three timekeepers, you like, you were early on, like, oh, this is gonna be like a Wizard of Oz. There's somebody else behind the curtain actually doing something. 
not knowing that they were going to be robots or androids right. or whatever. So, and I remember because because my niece, my my fourteen year old niece, has been super into this with us. So she's been like, and what's crazy because of our work schedule is if we're not too crazy tired because of when they release, we're always like up for an additional hour. Mm. So it's like, oh, I think we have enough energy to watch. Oh, sorry, we have enough energy to watch the uh, the show, and we do. You, for, you mean early in the... Yeah, early early in the morning. Yeah, for, like, uh, well... Well, yeah, it'd be 12 o'clock. Well, it's the end of your work day. It'd be lunch for y'all. I know, I'm always so no, envious I, that you guys get to watch it. I'm just like, I bet they're watching it right now. <laughs> so I, I'm going to ask you all this just as... Because I know we're talking about Loki, but I just want y'all's a, a quick opinion on this. So they've had th- we've had three Marvel Cinematic shows, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think the Disney streaming, the, 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 the Marvel team, they've done amazing work. I feel like, to me personally, I liked Loki better out of the other two, like, by a lot. Whatever. Yeah, like, okay, listen, <laughs> WandaVision was fantastic and wonderful. WandaVision was wonderful. But it was a, that, the, the finale was You're a You're letting the finale, finale drive your opinion let too down. much. Mm-mm. And no. Falcon and Winter Soldier, look, that to me at the end of the day was just like, oh, great. It's just a, it's, it's six episodes of just Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's doing nothing for me. Even when he becomes Captain America, it's still doing nothing for me. I just think Loki was just, to me, just so well done. Uh, yeah, as a whole package, I would agree with that. But I think that they each serve different purposes within the universe. And so right. I think that you you kind of needed each of them to be what they were. Mm. <laughs> that sounds like such a fence a no, comment, no. but you know what I mean? Like they each had a purpose and a style to bring to like to service those characters and the storyline. But you see if everything if they everything the Marvel Cinematic Universe did was the same, it would get very boring. Right. But one of the things right. that they've done brilliantly is being able to make each movie and each T V show feel like its own thing and almost its own uh, own genre. I mean, uh, you, you looked at uh, WandaVision and it was that sitcom vibe for the most part in that, that TV show. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, was pretty much a, a, an MCU film, but, you know, on a TV kind of scale. And just they did a phenomenal job with that. And they needed to have that show because I don't think you can just hand Sam the shield and have him go, cool, I'm Captain America now. You need to have him actually live through the questioning himself like you know the the imposter syndrome of mm. whether he can be captain america mm. and then proving to himself that he is worthy of the shield so i think you needed to have those those six episodes to to work through that with him um and also introducing isaiah bradley was amazing as well because uh, he's uh, that that bit of um captain america history that they put in there was just it's just brilliant. So um, I'm gonna assume that's com- I'm gonna assume that's from comics because like I I was like I I assume this is comic related because I don't know the tie in like to the the you know the fact that they you know they were testing it on you know soldiers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, no, that was uh, that was uh, totally comic. A storyline I think it was late '90s, early 2000s um called truth and uh yeah it was uh th- that was where the, that uh, come he comes from and also his grandson become becomes uh the patriot mm. so one of the young avengers uh so we met his grandson in this in that uh tv show uh, we've already met cassie lang who's stature in the young avengers um kang as i said one of his alternate uh variants is iron lad um and then uh you've also got uh hawkeye's um uh one of his 
uh, like a girl called Kate Bishop becomes another Hawkeye. Mm. And so they're kind of also in the background, they're putting together all the characters to put a young Avengers team together. So it's kind of cool. It's, it's one of those things where if you know the comics, you can kind of see some of the things that they're thinking about behind the scenes, which is quite nice. Which has been the case for you for throughout the thing, um, throughout the whole MCU experience. There's mm. always been little bits that you've been able to pick up and, and sometimes explain to me or share a little bit of extra knowledge. In terms of comparing the three, I kind of feel like it, like one division was kind of like your, like either like going out for a high tea or something like that, where it was like really sweet, but you probably had too many sweet things and, <laughs> and like you walk away and think, Oh, I might have something nice for dinner tonight. And then you've got this sort of like this pub meal of, of Captain um, Captain <laughs> Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I can't even say the Falcon and the Winter mm-hmm. Soldier. Where it was more of a pub meal where you sit around and and have a good chat about you know the meaning of life and you know the hardship and everything like that that those characters were going through. But then you've got Loki, which is just this like it's just such a an all in one. It's got intrigue. It just feels a little bit more sophisticated mm-hmm. than the other two. And it, I can understand why it'd be a little bit more satisfying for you, Sam. So can I, I just want to jump in here and kind of ride your coattails a little bit on that, Kat, because, because your analogies are fantastic. I, me, on, on the way I interpret things and the way I, that kind of, the glasses I see life and the world through, I'm, like I told you guys earlier, I'm always looking for deeper meanings and things that can be self-applicable. And I feel like with WandaVision, her character is not, so we know she's dealing with grief, mm. but I would also take it a step further and say that her character is also learning how to let go. And I think there are also qualities there that, it is what was taken from her going to be restored. So like a restoration, mm. right? Then we saw with uh, Cap- I say Captain America and Winter Soldier. Did I say that right? I feel like I'm saying it wrong. Well, it, it was, it was Fal- Captain America and the Winter Soldier Falcon at the end. <laughs> okay, sorry. So it's Falcon and Winter Soldier. For that one, and Lewis just touched on that, that was watching his character deal with self-worth and believing in himself. And understanding that he had the ability the whole time. How many times in our own lives have, have we had to uh, recognize that we were made for such a moment as this and then to step into that place and fulfill what we were destined to do? Mm. And I think that speaks that message. And I think Loki is straight up redemption. Straight mm. up the story mm. of redemption. But that's just me. That's just me. I, no, no, no. I think that's really valid. But I think from a, a, a like a um, point of view of um, importance, uh, Loki is the, the most important of the three shows because uh, Wanda is now set up as a very powerful character within the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm. and we know she's going to be in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, obviously, uh, Falcon and Winter, uh, sorry, Captain America and the Winter Soldier are going to be very important parts of the MCU, but Loki is literally set up uh, phase four. Pretty much, because now with this shattered timeline, you've got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is going to be all about the multiverse. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, where Kang's going to be a major part of that as well. So I think uh, moving forward, all the MCU films are going to be affected by the events that happened in Loki. So it's a, a very uh, impactful uh, mm-hmm. movie, and I, I look forward to seeing how uh, you know the next couple of... I think probably Shang-Chi and Eternals, we might not see too much, but I think after that we'll start seeing some real repercussions. 
Well, hopefully. Mm. Well, you've got to pay it off. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, otherwise it's all being for nothing. Um, what were some other things that – oh, there were some things that I spotted, um, particularly because we watched it ourselves and then we were watching it um, in blocks of three, I think, mm. with a friend of ours. And mm-hmm. there was some stuff that I noticed when we were watching the last three episodes. So, you know, that house that they end up at the, you know, point at the end of the world where they meet. The end of time. The, the end of time, <laughs> sorry. Um, th- did you guys notice that that top turret looked like a pruner? No, I didn't, didn't notice there was, that. Like, There's just some weird stuff like that was there and like the colours that they chose were still like, even though they were saying that the infinity stones didn't mean anything. Mm. You still had that very like rainbow colored theme going through that area. Okay. Like, I just wondered whether that was a callback to the rainbow bridge or whether it might have been something to do with the infinity stones. No idea. Might just be that they just like that color, those colors. <laughs> you don't think any of these things when you're watching shows? No, no. You usually just go, oh, pretty. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Now, you guys are American and (laughs) you might be able to help me with this. The USS Elridge um, that lands, like when they're going through. um, uh, 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 Before you even ask the question, when it landed, we were both looking at each other like, is it, are we supposed to know this ship? Because I feel like we're supposed to and we're like, we're not sure. And we're like, oh my God. And we didn't even, I didn't even Google it at the time because it was just like, why do I feel like I'm supposed to know this ship? And my immediately thought is, is it Pearl Harbor? Here's what it is. It's USS Eldridge is a cannon-class destroyer escort and was a ship in the United States Navy named for Lieutenant Commander John Eldridge Jr. Wow, guys, I can't see. Jr. Who led an operation for the invasion of the Solomon Islands. Oh, uh, I think I know why they did it. So there was a thing called the Philadelphia Experiment. And in 1943, the Eldridge was to be rendered invisible by a cloaking device. Um, so oh. they said that that happened. So maybe they were saying that it didn't actually get um, cloaked, that it got pruned. And so, yeah, apparently it's all been, I don't know, it's a, just one of those sort of conspiracy theory kind of things. Oh, I think. that's so, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that was why they chose that particular ship, just as a little bit of a nod to that saying, hey, here's a possibility of how that might have worked. <laughs> In this no, seriously, because we live right here and next to the world's largest naval base. Well, and that's we're what like, I was thinking. We, you might know. Should we know this? Yeah. <laughs> Oops. There, there were some real left field uh, kind of Easter eggs in in the episodes, particularly at, near the end. Uh, did you did you guys pick up on the the frog, the Thor frog um, uh, that was when they were going to Loki's? Uh, subterranean base and they went through the earth and you saw i don't remember seeing the thor frog but i remember seeing milnir yeah so when i saw when, going down i remember seeing that there was and, the and, wasn't and, the pirates and, and, and of the caribbean was, ship the, i thought the pirates of the caribbean i thought that was the black pearl oh okay. yeah that's a good pick when when and they, then there was the helicopter that said thanos yeah <laughs> okay so the thanos copter is a weird one like, cause I, I saw like the, the helicopter with Thanos on there and I was just like, eh, that's, that's weird. I wonder what that, that's all about. And uh, then I was listening to the, the Jim Hill, uh, Marvelous Disney podcast this week. And, uh, I think it's Aaron Adams is his co-host. Uh, 
Post, and he mm-hmm. explained that um, it was based on a, a comic book storyline years ago. And so I looked it up, and it was uh, the Thanos copter was briefly used when Thanos attacked Hellcat trying to obtain the cosmic cube which she held. So it was like a Hellcat comic, and Hellcat's not a massively popular uh, character, and and Thanos is in an actual like you know one of those bubble those helicopters where they're like tiny with like a little bubble thing at the front <laughs> and it's got like a little Hughes 500 yeah and he's got like <laughs> Thanos written on the tail of this yellow helicopter so that's really really deep cuts but the uh, um, Throg which is the Thor Frog if you want to see him when they're going down through the the soil and you see Mjol- uh, Mjolnir just underneath that there's a glass jar and you've got this frog jumping up and down and if you look closely it's actually a frog in Thor's outfit so uh, it was because for for a I time. I that. Oh my gosh! Lewis missed it the first time. I did. Yes. I got it. For, for, <laughs> for a time, uh, Loki uh, turned Thor into well, a frog. Well, because there's always that. I think it's in Thor um, Ragnarok, mm-hmm. and there's a reference to him being turned into a frog. Yeah, it, I'm it, sure it was in Ragnarok. Yeah, so he t- turned him into a frog. So if you if you go and search for for Thor, Thor frog, you'll be able to uh, see uh, versions <laughs> of him. So he, he has been around. But funnily enough, um, the Thor frog in Loki was actually uh, voiced by Chris Hemsworth. Mm. So oh, really, mm. so listen closely, Inter- you'll hear his voice. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So how is it that Disney hasn't capitalized on an alligator yet, or is it coming in a frog? Like, seriously. Uh, you know it will be. There'll, I mean, there'll be a popcorn container or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. Have you seen that um, that uh, that mashup that they did of the, um, oh, goodness, Haunted Mansion posters? Mm. And so it's got the little time. What, what do they call her? Miss Minutes. Mm-hmm. So yes. um, of her on the tightrope um, with the Thor alligator underneath. <laughs> I thought that was really clever. No. Uh, I did I'll, not see that. I'll, I'll post it after um, um, afterwards. It's just absolutely gold. I'll have to dig it up. But what's the Amazing. artist's name who does those? Um, oh, goodness. My brain's not really functioning apparently. T's just not doing it for me, Lewis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Get something stronger. I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think that we've focused on, uh, on Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston, but we really need to talk about the, uh, the other cast members as well because yes. there's some – just really great to actors and characters in this. Uh, well, because like you've got Loki and Sylvie with their relationship, but I also found that the relationship between Mobius, um, Mobius, sorry, and Renslayer, I thought that, is it Judge Renslayer? Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. I thought that that was a really interesting relationship that I hope that we get Absolutely. to explore. Mm going forward into the universe a little bit more. Well, because you had she was uh, played by Gugu Mbatha-Raw, uh, Ravona mm-hmm. Renslayer, and she was an interesting character because uh, even when she found out that they were all variants and they were all kind of being lied to, she was still dedicated to the TVA. It was a Correct. interesting kind of kind of character um, that that uh, she she turned out to be. So, um, and I think that that will definitely lead her to be more of a villain in the next uh, episode, in the next season of Loki. Mm. Possibly someone who might actually team up with Kang the Conqueror. Um, oh. And Sylvie, uh, played by Sofia Di Martino, uh, was just perfectly cast. I mean, um, mm-hmm. you know, as a a female Loki, you know, she didn't play it. 
like she was just trying to do an impression of Tom Hiddleston or anything like that. It was its own character mm. um, and didn't want to be a Loki as well, didn't want to associate with being a Loki. But uh, she did an absolutely fantastic job. Um, there was uh, Wunmi Mosaku, uh, who played Hunter B-15. Uh, She's amazing. Agreed. Yeah. She was just, yeah. That scene in the rain where she just wants to find yeah. out, mm. like, you know, you talk about nonverbal acting. That was just Correct. absolutely perfect moment. Yep. Uh, Tara Strong, who plays Miss Minutes. Now, Tara Strong is a, a voice actress who's done a lot of different character work over the years. But yeah, she was just, you know, brilliant in bringing that character to life with, with the voice. Um, and that also the, the, the look of Miss Minutes and the look of all the set designs of the TVA was interesting because it was futuristic, but it was also in, set in like 60s as well. It just had that 60s vibe. That or actually, I guess sixty seventy because it had the computers. The computers had that orange and green um, uh, color of the uh, the screens, mm. and, and like anyone who was brought up in the eighties knows that you know we didn't have color monitors. We it was either green or it was orange, and so uh, that was uh, that was really uh, good to see in the in this in the set designs for the place. But there's that that really sort of. I don't know what sort of style you'd um, think of it, but like using the sort of the brass finish on those little devices and things yes. like mm. that, it made it just feel a little bit antiquey, but it still looked quite modern. Mm. Like, mm. Oh, very clever. There was a real, that, no, and that's a huge balance to, to strike mm. because it's one of those things where, you know, because you almost feel like you're getting stuck in a time, but there is no time. Like that's the irony of it. It's like, it's, it's it's representing a time period, but the time period there is no time. Like it's it's just weird. Like I don't know. I'm not doing a good job explaining. But yes, everything you're saying to that. Can we talk about the intro for a second? Yes. Just because once they start, you know, we, we open with a scene, and then we go to the hard opening of the music inst- uh, introduction, and then the Loki pops up. Does anybody else get the X Files vibe that I get? Is it the music that does it for I me? I think it's or- the music. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And maybe the way that the it's very um, based on those very small words. Like yes. maybe that feels a little bit X Filesy as well. I don't know. The the music though, like whenever I was watching an episode, at some point in time, it would remind me of Doctor Who, like the yes. the modern day oh, Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah, and it was just like wow. It's either they were heavily influenced by Doctor Who or they worked on Doctor Who because it was very <laughs> very reminiscent. I take it this was a Pinewood. Yeah. Um, production. I'm not in sure. terms of where they shot it. I think they. Um, what do they call that thing uh, that they shoot the Mandalorian on that sound stage where yeah. they have like the scenes oh, okay. projected onto the, yeah, yeah. the things? Is it the Expanse? I, think I, like, I can't yeah. remember the name of. Um, but yeah, I think it was filmed in that same same location. Okay. Um, on that, um, the time that it was filmed in obviously was COVID times, and. The thing that you don't really realize until you come back to it is how clever they've been with shooting it. You've got so many scenes that feel so full, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, it's only like one or two people on set. Agreed. Like you did, you. So, one of the things that I've noticed a couple of recent shows outside of what we're talking about that as they've come back online, they're not, they're not working any type of, um, like, COVID thing. And obviously with Loki, you wouldn't, but I, I actually was appreciative of that only because of the, uh, I just, we get so much of it daily dealing with it, whether it's on the news or having to deal with it in our own public life or as it was sort of where we're living. Mm. I am open to not seeing, you know, to feeling normal. I'm yeah. using air quotes, normal, 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 good that like you can escape the the, <laughs> the stuff that's going on. Yes, and that because that's what it's about, right? Being yeah. able to watch the stuff and escape. Mm. Totally. I think I think the, one of the best uh, things in in the series of Loki though was definitely Richard E. Grant when he turned up as classic Loki. Like the the comic book accurate uh, Loki, and that's one one of the things I'm really loving about uh, these TV shows is like putting uh, the Scarlet Witch in her outfit, and also giving her the Scarlet Witch name as well. Mm-hmm. Um, putting uh, they showed Quicksilver in a like comic book accurate outfit. Um, they've showed Vision in his comic book accurate outfit. I love how they've managed to to slot that in there somehow into these TV shows. That's Hugh Grant's older brother, right? Uh, Richard E. Grant? No, I don't think they're related. Yes. You sure? Pretty sure they're not related. Oh, never mind then. Never mind. <laughs> they're both British. They're probably related somewhere along the line. Yes. Surely the Grant family can't be that big. <laughs> that's funny. It's like, did you know that they, they should do that? Um, what's that show, um, Who Do You Think You Are or whatever it is, where they go back and they do people's genealogy and they're yes, like, did you know yes. that you're the great, great, great grandson of? There's, an, there's a couple like, of those nope. shows, aren't there? Well, the, but they do the genealogy yes, and stuff. Yeah. I'm sorry. When you said that, the only thing I could remember is remember in the office when Andy, when they told him who he was related to and they told him he was related to Michelle Obama and they're like, anyway, that's what, I'm sorry. I digress. It just made me laugh because I love that episode because Andy is a total idiot and he deserved it. So there. <laughs> sorry, yeah. I there. No, that's what this show's all about. The tangents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, genealogy. How do we get there? Oh, Richie Grant and Hugh Grant. Yeah. I guess they've both got that really British look about them as well. You know, the, the dubious jawline and teeth. Yes. I'm just trying, I'm trying to figure out the, the, the name of that, that technology that they're using in the Mandalorian because it's, uh, it doesn't it's matter. Me. We I all know. know. I know. We've, we've all watched the behind the scenes. Do you reckon they'll do a behind the scenes of Loki? Um, they might, they may do. They, they might do. They, they, they did a behind the scenes of One Division. They mm. didn't do one for Captain America: The Winter Soldier yet. No. Um, but maybe they'll do one for for Loki. I did did hear that they're actually uh, in August. There's going to be a second Mandalorian gallery uh, based on uh, the Luke Skywalker character in um, in the Mandalorian season two. So, oh really? Something to look forward to. Uh, maybe they'll tell me what the name of the virtual sets are. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, but I think at the end of the day, uh, I think we're all pretty darn happy with how Loki turned out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know I am. And again, I'm not, I mean, Lewis, to my hat tips to you because I'm not at all, you know, I don't know anything about the comics, like zero. So I would be heavily, you know, dependent upon you to be like, you know, think of things this way or this is what the character in the comics was about. So kind of think of it in this vein. So it helps having your perspective because I, I really truly don't know I when you're just, you know, I'm just the just the, the casual consumer showing up to be entertained, and so there. And it sounds like they've done their done their job right. <laughs> <laughs> I think, they I have, think. and the idea that we've got another season to mm. look forward to. I mean, I've just got so many questions. Like, when Loki is returned, is he returned to the same t- timeline, or is it just that that timeline's been altered? I just I need to know. Yeah, so much stuff. Because it's kind of heartbreaking when, like, after the, in um, the episode five, when Loki and Morbius like 
leave. Mobius. So Mobius. So <laughs> Mobius and uh, and Loki like have that hug, and and, and there was that Wizard of Oz moment as well with uh, yes with uh, Mobius saying to Sylvie, "I like you most of all." Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like that. I'll miss you most of all, Scarecrow thing from um, Wizard of Oz. Um, yes. But yeah, Wizard of Oz references. Wow. Yeah. So they had that uh, that that moment, and then the next time they see each other, it's like Mobius is kind of like, "Yeah, who are you? I don't know who you yes. are." So right. Yeah. So clearly, like Loki has turned up in another timeline where Kang is in control. So uh, that uh, yeah does does lead to uh, some some interesting stuff coming up. So but, two questions. I know I know y'all are going to wrap this up, but I have two hey, questions hey, Lewis, for you. It's, oh. it's called stagecraft, I think. Stagecraft. Okay. At least that's what it says in ILM developed. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have to ask my question or I'm going to forget. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, but here's what's interesting. You know what's I did not know this. What? Do you know what powers the technology? No. Unreal Engine, which is a gaming thing. Huh. Oh, I did not know that. Not a gamer. Didn't know. Um pretty impressive. So yeah. I already forgot my question. <laughs> oh, no. It was it was for Lewis because well, I guess, well, okay, I think this is what I was going to ask, and that was about, so are we just getting one more season of Loki and then we're done? I've not, we, we didn't even know we were getting another season of Loki. That's, like, that's true. That's <laughs> so true. so who, who knows, there might be another stamp in our future where at the end of season two it goes, Loki will return in season three. Um, <laughs> so here's what, I, here's what I don't need it to do then, if that's the case. I don't need it to turn into 50 first dates, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like that's that makes me a little nervous. It's like, wait, we just we've already done this before. Like, no, wait, we've done this before. Like, are we? I, because with timelines, you don't necessarily get resolution. No. So I guess, I guess I have to be open to the fact that it, the resolution that my story storyline head wants to see may not happen. So maybe I've got to start wrapping my brain around that. Yeah, and you don't know what the effect of the movies is going to be as well, because like Lewis said, we've got these other movies that Kang's definitely going to be showing up in and we know that there's going to be a multiverse of madness so you assume that that loki's somehow going to be tied in there so you don't know where everything is going i'm sure there's a plan that and they do have good people with plans <laughs> they've got yes they've got kevin feige there with with, with his uh his plan he he's 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 the guy at the end of time he's the one who remains oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he steps out with his little hat and just a ha. <laughs> I think I think um, that uh, it's the, Kevin all along. <laughs> I think it was originally stagecraft. I think now it's called the volume. Ooh. And so yeah, it's uh, <laughs> but it's really difficult to find out what it, what it's called. Um, but back to Loki though. Uh, before we we do wrap it up, we'd like to uh to give things a a score here. Uh, on uh, well, on unscripted the film show, they've got we've got our own scoring system out of five. Uh, but on uh Tangent City um and Diz Down Under, we like to score things out of six because there are six Disney castles in the world. Um. <laughs> Yeah, official castles. I mean, obviously, you know, you've got uh, you know, Beast Castle as well. We're not counting that. We're only counting the... I don't know. The- I'm starting to think that maybe we should. <laughs> rating out of seven? No. Yeah, sure, why not? We're rating out of six. Six <laughs> Disney weenie castles. Um, so... Uh, I'm just down with giving this six. I think this was an amazing series, perfectly executed. Uh, six castles for me. What about you, Sam? Uh, I think Six. Yeah, because it, it, to me it hit on every note. Like, cause like every episode felt like it moved forward. Like, like you got something out of every episode. Like every episode just built upon each one. Mm. And and to me, 
the finale did not let me down. I mean, in fact, it was like, oh my God, I got to wait a whole another year or more for the second installment. And I really did feel like it laid the groundwork, like really laid some foundation for the next phases of like what's going to happen. Because I mean, they were telling you everything that's why and what's coming, that there's going to be all these multiverses. I mean, I appreciated all of that element. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, spot on. It's so integral to what's coming in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What about yourself, Ashley? Um, I would definitely, I haven't had to, like, haven't been asked this question of the other ones. So I'm just not, I'm going to pretend the other ones don't exist (laughs) and definitely say it's a, a six out of six for sure. Um, I think ultimately that, I mean, I think I'm pretty much in a line with what Sam had to say. I, I think there are, for me, I, there's going to be, I'm going to need some things answered like you, Kat. Like, mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions still. And I, I just hope that, and again, you, and I completely agree with you when you say that, you know, Marvel, the one thing that the Marvel side of Disney has done is they haven't let us down yet when it comes to giving us the stories they build us up and they build us up and it's kind of like, oh God, is this going to work out the way we think it's going to work out? And even if it doesn't, it's okay. Just make sure we end this and end this right. Mm. And they've been able to do that for us unlike other franchises that they own. So I'm hopeful that if we continue on this path that they gave us the first six episodes that we are heading into a very good place. So six out of six for sure. See, I'm going to be a bit of a weirdo and give it five and a half and a bit of fireworks because (laughs) this is – I, I still have a bit of an issue with us not getting any payoff from a storyline that they spent so much time on with these time bombs that she that she let off and not mm. actually getting any payoff from it. So she, they lost half a castle just because I want to see what Sylvie's blow-up actually created or what it stopped. So- 30 more minutes of an episode addressing that, you would have given it a full six potentially. Yeah, or like just if you're not going to pay it off, then just drop the storyline and use mm. that time to to focus on something else because otherwise it feels like wasted space. Mm. Got it. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. It's like it's that big clunky piece of furniture on the wait, corner. Wait, wait, yes. I, I got to go back. To, wait a minute. Hold on. But did – wait a minute. Now you're making me want to go back and watch it. Yeah. Sorry. It makes me think, wait a minute. Wasn't that what she used to create the diversion that she was able to then go back into the TVA's actual headquarters? Hmm. Yeah, maybe I need to watch it again. But it just felt I, like, like it wasn't – I'm like having that moment going, I thought that's what she did. That's when she, when she set it off, it created a like, like the disruption – where it made them start all running in different directions. I guess I know what we're going to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> Watching episodes. But you're probably bang on the money. And why haven't I recognized that having watched it, watched it twice? Mm, mm. That's interesting. Maybe that's that's all. You're right. Maybe that's all it was supposed to do. So maybe there was no more plan than to just get into the TVA. So, yeah. Well, I feel stupid now. <laughs> no, well, I'm not, no, I'm not okay, so I take it back. Six castles. <laughs> <laughs> and some fireworks because... You know, it deserves it. It's It was wholly entertaining and wholly satisfying. And they can do fireworks again now. So, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 
All right. Well, um, I think that we have reviewed that and probably hopefully sparked some questions for other people out there. So if you want to reach out to us, jump onto the Tangent City Facebook and flick us a message because we'd be really interested to see what thoughts other people might have out there. Um, Lou, do you want to wrap us up? Uh, yeah, well, if you wanted to listen to any of the other uh, shows that the Gentleman Pop Culture do, uh, you can search for Diz Down Under. That's a show that Kat and I do, uh, which is a, a Disney podcast that comes out once a week. Uh, we've also got uh, Unscripted the Film Show, which is our film review show that also comes out weekly. And then, of course, um, Tangent City, which comes out fortnightly as well. Uh, Sam and Ash, do you want to give your show a plug as well? Yeah, so we are currently labeled, if you want to hear what us two crazy Americans do on a daily basis and what we don't do and the things that are on our mind, you can check us out at real life with Sam and Ashley. We have a website You can find us on any podcast platform. And right now, uh, if you tune in, you'll hear the latest of all the things that we're currently juggling and uh, we'll have some updates about those things. And uh, we also have a Patreon account for those who kind of do this thing called stoppage time where we kind of go into a deeper dive of things that are going on in our life. And, and uh, it, we, it, whatever happens in stoppage time stays in stoppage time is how we, is how we do it. So we have our free show and then we have a little extra for those who want to uh, consider being entertained and uh, on a different level. And hearing about two of the world's best miniature donkeys. <laughs> yes. So you know what today's joke was? What? So I have these special gloves that have these nice little kind of massagers on them for oh, the, yeah. like to help with coat. Yeah. So I was out there today and Sam was like, Sam, cause Sam comes out and helps me and it's, and the donkeys love him. Mm-hmm. He won't, he won't admit it, but he, they do. Anyway. So I was massaging and he's like, Oh, look. And I was like, Oh wait, I got this. I was like, look, I'm massaging my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> That's so brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> things we need to get out more <laughs> all right well um we'll wrap the show up and we'll catch you guys next time bye bye this podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture